your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday, a day before what will be, what will feel like Christmas after tomorrow. Like after tomorrow is Christmas. After tomorrow feels like Like Christmas. Christmas. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. This is like Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. I mean, just the, the, the hol- there should be, while well, me and Chagoski on Friday talked about an election holiday, yeah. it should be a federal holiday. We should get paid t- a paid day off to go vote. I think it's great. Yeah. Great yeah. idea. And Let's also, the next day should also be just like, whew, I don't want to do anything. Like, I'm done. Did you, at least people. Did you tell people who I am? No, I'm getting Okay. There. okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure. All right. I'm just I don't do your up. show for you. I'm just saying, like, you can do that if you want. Uh, you know, you've been, you were on the air 10 years. <laughs> people know your voice. I mean, 16. 16? 16. Was it 16, yeah, 16 years? 16 years. Jesus. Maybe it was 10 years and then I started because I was here for like six. That's yeah. Mitch Reynolds. He's the mayor of Lacrosse. I am. He used to do this show. Yeah. And now I'm in this. Well, I, you actually have the good seat. I'm in the stupid stool that squeaks. No, this is a, this is a very nice chair. <laughs> um, is it, are you, have you been the mayor two years in April or two years last April? Uh, no, it's, uh, so I'm in, I'm right about a year and a half right now. Yeah, a year and a half. Yep. Um, how, how are you feeling about <laughs> Brad? So I asked Brad, I'm like, you got anything, you got anything you want to ask? You, are you okay with the job? Is no, that what you're asking? No, now I was getting there. But okay. so I asked Brad, hey, you yep. got anything you want to, you asked Mitch, Brad Williams in the newsroom. And he's like, ask him about the upcoming April elections. And I go, no, Brad, huh? what? No, we like maybe Wednesday. I ask you, yeah, or, or yeah, next yeah. T- next month. Yeah, but okay, so I'll do it just for Brad. Hi, you know, you thinking about the upcoming April? <laughs> actually, I am. No, I mean, it actually, is something that I think about uh, quite a bit. We do have, you know, we went through that redistricting process um, because it was, you know, it's it's the it's when we do it, and um, so there are going there's going to be some changes on the city council, and it. It, it changes how I approach certain issues. So, yeah, I, absolutely, I'm thinking about it. Some of those city council districts may overlap. Where um, uh, Will we have an, an extra election in city council? No, we won't, we won't have an extra election. It's just that, you know, there are some, when we do redistricting at times, there are city council members who are, you know, they get district, re, they get redistricted out, I guess. They get, yeah. they get you know, they, and so that happened. And uh, we'll be looking at that in April. So that's a, you know, that's a real thing. Uh, and there are people that are uh, current council members. Cert- I mean, you know, half the, half the city council it will be up for election in it's April. Set, it's six, right, this time? Because it's, like, it's seven. There's 13, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like six in April. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah including our, you know, our, our city council president. And, you know, this, it's, it's significant. It really is. So we have, there will be changes on the city council, and, and I do think about that because uh, I don't know what I don't know at this point. I don't know uh, who these people will be and uh, what agendas they bring to the table and how I'll have to uh, uh, alter the things that I want to accomplish based on the people who show up. What the hell is the mayor's job anyway? Because I feel like the city council makes all these decisions, and then at the end of the day, you just kind of sign off on them. Yeah. I mean, we had the lacrosse center with under Cabot <laughs> where he vetoed a plan, right? Like he literally. So, yeah. like there, you could do a thing. Yeah. You could veto. I could veto it. Yeah. Um, let's just do the yeah. the the mon- monitor street, the bill, sure. the the capital cre- the, the credit union, uh, not, Mar- marine marine credit union. There you it's, go. I mean, I don't even know how long eight, eight eleven monitors. We street, talk yeah. about it like everybody. Oh yeah, the marine credit. No, the building by Menards. That's more, more likely. Go. Good enough. Yeah. Um, so the council during committee week, 
mm-hmm. voted one way. One one committee voted one way, the other committee voted the other way. Sure. And then the meeting came the next week, the, the full council meeting, and they kind of voted the opposite way of – and then I look at it and I go, well, what? <laughs> what is going on? And I guess – I don't. Are you swaying your influence there? I, are, they, I was, are they swaying? I, I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised, taken aback by the vote on that building. Um, I was. I had. Um, I, based on what I knew from the the votes from the like you said the committee week. Of course, the 811 Monitor Street was a building that we were looking at to purchase to uh, to build uh, affordable housing, and um, you know it it. I felt really good about the possibility of that becoming a uh, something that we're going to actually do, and then it, it turned out that uh, there were some last-minute concerns that city council members had that we could not address and could not uh, rectify. And but when that when that happens, usually it's we'll put it off for thirty days. We'll put it off for sixty days. Why was it? We're going to vote no on it, and then, can we revisit this plan down the road, or is it kind of <sighs> no? We're not going to. Yeah, I, the building's probably I, I, still for sale. So I have, you know, basically what I had was seven city council members who told me they were not interested in affordable housing in the way that I wanted to to address it. So I I we had I put I had significant staff time uh, invested into creating a plan, and it's it's going to be difficult for me to to tackle something like that again without. This the feeling that we that that we have a significant number of city council members who who want to do something. So, is, it, is it one of the deals? Because a affordable housing is a problem. B we have sure. 140. Essentially, I don't even know the number is probably higher than that. 140 unsheltered mm-hmm. at Huska, I believe. Brian told me last week. Sampson, the court, homeless coordinator, mm-hmm. it was 140 at Huska. So my plus whatever people are not at Huska. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a hundred. So yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, we're not really sure. I mean, the the number is fluctuating for sure. Yeah. Um, and, the, and we also have, I mean, you're right. Yeah. They're, and they're, they're everywhere, right? They're also still, there's trespassing here and there. There's a lot of folks that are camped out, uh, along the Mississippi wildlife refuge. Um, the, uh, U S fish and wildlife service are frustrated with a number of people that are all up and down the refuge. Frankly, it's not just in our area, but all up and down the refuge. Uh, there's, a you know, they're, they're frustrated and they're, they're seeing numbers that they've never seen before. So it's, it's a pretty universal problem right now. And I had, and we'll get, I've got to go to break here, but I will sure. just say that I had Kim Cable from Cooley Cap on. Okay. She's the county board vice chair. Yeah. And yeah. she was like very upset about having an encampment like Huska. Yeah. But her alternative was just get housing. And I was like, well, hmm. yeah. Okay. And then, and now your plan, affordable housing, got voted down by the city. And I'm like, okay, what's next? But we'll get to that All when right. we come back. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds in here ranting and raving during the break. Oh, man. I was ranting and raving. Well, I think you I know was. Me. You were actually pretty calm. Yeah, I'm pretty calm. Um, talking about, so I had Brian Sampson, your homeless coordinator, in sure. here last week. He's nice enough to talk to me about the, a very delicate, it's a very delicate situation. To make things even more delicate, and mm-hmm. I don't like just, uh, but like a dead body was found at Cameron Park. Okay. One that's. I'm making no assumptions there, but they said that person frequented the park. Mm-hmm. You could say that maybe she stayed there at night. I have no idea. Yeah. But but if uh, somebody doesn't tell us a news station in town, mm-hmm. 
we don't know anything about it. Yeah, I, I mean, we, you know, and I understand when you have when someone dies in a, in a public park, um, that is, I understand that there's a there's community has cause for alarm. The thing is, is that when people die in lacrosse every day and die in their homes, maybe not every day, but often. And when people don't have homes, they die in the open. And we've had this happen multiple times in our city, and it's unfortunate, but that is, that is what happens when you do not have a home. And some people, they have, um, and I don't know the story. I, again, this is under investigation. I don't know anything yeah, they said, more than... Please, more, please after I ask them to tell me what happened, right? because you have a lacrosse police news page, sure. and the dude that was holding an airsoft gun and driving by Northside, that sure. gets a story. Make a drug arrest, that gets a story. Uh, at your best at Oktoberfest, that gets a story right. on your news page. But right. somebody dies in a park that doesn't get a story. Sure. I get it. You're kind of yeah. kind of balancing. I, I that. think that the, the the idea is that what their evaluation uh, of this is that there's no suspicious play uh, or no suspicious activity there. Uh, that um, this is has some uh, medical explanation, uh, and they're still evaluating it. Uh, so I think from their perspective, it's you know, there's no cause for alarm for the public. Right. Um, you know, there's, unlike the, the guy with the airsoft gun cruising around the Northside Elementary, there's not a lot of people that are saying, what is this guy doing waving a gun around? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a woman who was unfortunately deceased, uh, who did not have a home and probably had some medical challenges. Well, this is where I talk about this all the time. Okay. The police are responsible for everything. You guys have to be traffic <laughs> cops. You have to, you have to be yeah, traffic yeah, they do. People, you have to wait when the we're going to have rotary lights. Yep. We're going to have police. Hey, you guys, along with policing, work some overtime and, and direct traffic well, for rotary typically, lights. Typically not our regular field service officers that are directing traffic. But Well, I, I think know. last year it was like La Crescent police had, were hired out to, to do that, I, I mean, we, we have reserves and we have our CSEs who do a lot of uh, traffic direction. We do have officers that will step in at times when there's some heavy traffic, but... Everybody knows how to direct traffic. I can actually direct traffic. Right. But, but, exactly. Yeah. We don't need the police to do we that. We just have the mayor do it. Yeah. We can have the mayor out there. Um, <laughs> so, so, but that's just, so I'm, I'm, I want to blame somebody for not okay. informing us is what I'm saying. <laughs> Fired up, Rick. And yeah, it's, it's just like, well, and on top of it, like we have 140 homeless people. Who do we blame for that? Yeah. We have we, the, the, the park is essentially not a campground anymore. Right. But there's tents all over there. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. What are we going to do there? Yeah. Like, it's, we're going to bulldoze it into the river because there's so much people's stuff out there. Yeah. And it's pretty freaking cold. Yeah. And somebody died, and maybe it was because of the cold, or maybe it was, you know, natural causes, or, yeah. you know, so yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little fired up, but no, I don't I know who it. to blame. I get it. And, and I'm th- not blaming you. No, I'm just no, it's fine. We get that a lot, and I understand it. And, and it's it's easy to get frustrated, and I get frustrated all the time as well. I, I was speaking to the downtown Rotary. Um, the snowflakes I, are I guess up it was on last 2nd week. Street. We yeah, got I know. snowflakes we up snowflakes. already. I took a picture of that. Yeah. We, so I, um, you know, one of the things that that is frustrating for people is that they want to find solutions. They want to understand what the solutions can be, and it's it's complicated uh, and it's, it's, it varies from individual to individual, and it's nothing that we can just, we, can, we can't just, like the afford, we talked about affordable housing earlier with 811 Monitor Street, uh, and that was, uh, from, uh, from my perspective, a really good one solution for one part of the issue that we have in our community. It's a lack of housing. But there's a lot of other things we're going to de- deal with as well, and that is, and it's not just in our community, but communities around the nation having to deal with mental health and addiction issues, and um, and uh, just a lack of 
of means for communities everywhere to deal with a tremendous number of people who struggle with mental health and addiction issues, as well as the failures of our um, of our of our um, of our uh, criminal justice system, because we we tend to warehouse people and then there's no off ramp for them once they leave the prison system. There's no way for them to re really get back into society in any kind of normal way. And then of course we have a number. If if you are you know, this is where the lack of housing comes into play. When you're in a situation, I've talked about this many times, and this is really just economics. When you're in a situation, you're a landlord, and you've got five different people that are applying for one apartment, you're not going to take the two people who have evictions or the three people who have evictions. Right. And chances are, you know, every single person who is uh, unsheltered, who doesn't want to be unsheltered, probably has an eviction on the record. So it's, it's, the deck is stacked, and then it doubly so, I'll get back to the, the, the uh, criminal justice system, doubly so if you exit the prison system and no one wants to hire you. And so then you can't get a job, you can't get a place to live, you have evictions on your record, it's, yeah, well, it's, it's a, it's a crappy situation. And you, I know you're providing an example. It's sure. like, well, there's five people looking to get this one apartment. Yep. So there's, the, there's also a supply and demand situation. Oh, it's huge. I can huge. charge whatever, kind of whatever I want for rent. There's a you know, there's a max there. To a max, yeah, sure. Play. But, uh, you know, and then that and then that just comes back to the monitor street. And we had an affordable housing yeah. plan. And we were going to use some of, what, $21, $22 million of ARPA money to initially yeah, so buy two, the building. Yeah, like $2.2 million to buy the building. Right. And then beyond that, it was, you know, we and we talked about that yep. last month. Yep. And th- that it goes poof and now it's gone. It's like, all right, what's the next? Does the city have anything in mind? Do any of the groups that are working with the homeless... They're all in the Reach Center, Cooley Cab, Independent Living, New Horizons, right. Salvation Army, yeah. YWCA, Catholic Charities. You know, like I want to do we blame any of those for a person dying in Cameron Park? You know, it's just I think <laughs> these groups are doing tremendous work in our community. And part of my goal was to just coordinate how they're doing that work so that we're all swimming in the same direction. And I think that that's super important. And I, I hope that we can get to the point where we are all seeing things from the same vantage point and really addressing homelessness in a way that is that is comprehensive and is is focused on actually solving the larger issue as opposed to just you know solving things from the perspective of what is my mission as my organization, which is what we've been doing for years here. And I think we'll get there. It's just it's going to take some time. Yeah, and it's not like kind of a difficult to like let's solve homelessness like good job first year mayor her first term mayor let's solve homelessness like the hardest thing in all of society yeah, to haven't, solve haven't done it yet haven't and you haven't done it yet yeah. and then and then people i get you know i think people are like what what the what the h you know why didn't why haven't you done anything yeah. with this yet yeah. and it's like well, let's solve homelessness also let's throw a pandemic in there yeah. And then the the repercussions of a pandemic two years later, a year later, you know, and uh, don't you want to talk about roads or something? I, like streets, I got, anything like that? I've Bridges, got other stuff. South on. Avenue, roundabouts. Got, well, the snowflake thing I was going to bring up. What snowflakes are you talking about? The big snowflakes on the light poles. Out, out okay, there. Right. I already put those up. Apparently, I mean it's November seventh. Really? Wow. It's, okay. No, should I take them down? I mean, I guess they are snowflakes. Should I, have really them, should I take them down? It was pretty early to put them up. No, right. um, here, I got other stuff. Private okay. management. I mean, we'll go to break, but okay, private management sure. of the lacrosse center. Art okay. Faye's gone, right? Yeah. Like, who's, yeah, yes. running the, who's running this building? Art, Art Faye was a tremendous uh, uh, leader at the lacrosse center for many, many years. We're really just grateful for him and wish him the best in retirement. Um, other things I want to blame you for, you haven't put anything in the Kmart building yet. I know, and I know. And they said they were going to tear the failure. Kmart building down last summer. So, yeah. like, you're supposed to have these answers, even though we're... the city does not own the building. It wow. has nothing to do with it. Holy cow. Why haven't you tore down the Kmart? 
Wow, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's, they won't it's let coming. You do that. It's coming. They won't let it's, you. Do you know, it's owned by somebody else, so I'm <laughs> not going to do that. I'm not going to seize private property, and uh, that's just not something that's in my wheelhouse. Uh, but we're not going to we're not going to seize that. That does have a plan. I really I, I think it's a great plan. I think it's uh, just like everything else in our in our um, where we're at right now. It's taking a lot more time than typical, just because of all the dynamics that we're faced with uh, post pandemic. So. It's. I think they were hoping to break ground earlier this year, like in August. It's been delayed, but it's it's coming. It's going to be, and it's going to be spectacular when it comes. And then we can't. Can we blame you for Riverpoint District? I don't know where we're going there. We get. I blame, hope I get some credit for credit? that. You want credit? What is going? We have got infrastructure going in there right a, now. Oh. We have. Yeah, we have. There's. There's. Yeah. There's. There's heavy equipment out there right, right now, putting roads and and we're not sanitary sewer. You, we're not, we'll talk about storm it in a water. We'll talk about it in a minute. That's a uh, massive success. PFAS, massive success. PFAS, do you have anything on PFAS? Sure. Just yes or no. Yes. Okay, because this there's a city situation there, there's a state situation okay. there. Okay. How like how in depth are you on PFAS okay. from each of those Let's levels? Go. You got Let's it? Okay. go. All right, take a break. Um, all right, I'll go back. <laughs> he's got to go get his notes. Um, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Merritt Mitch Reynolds is sitting in here, ranting and raving. I am. Taking my, just, I'm ranting and raving. You are. You're ranting and raving. <laughs> there's, there's so many there's things. No well, you're very loud. Like, you're very loud. tomorrow, this yeah. will, like, the, st- the stupid election, and it'll be done tomorrow. But, like, okay, as Baron, you're trying to, like, navigate a lot of this stuff, and yeah. you watch, t- you can't even watch TV because you just mute it. Right, you just yeah. mute the commercials. Yeah, I don't watch TV. I, I am. We're monitoring this very closely. I mean, there's some significant things that will happen within within our state, depending on the outcome of the election. And it mostly has to do with shared revenue for municipalities. We don't know what to expect, and we have if if Governor Evers gets reelected in the state, uh, we know that we know that the legislature is still going to be Republican, and uh, and there's still going to be an uh, a, a not not a great relationship between the governor and and legislators. And so we're not entirely sure if Governor Evers' plan to increase shared revenue to local municipalities by 4%, if that's going to go anywhere. Now, there is, can, can there you, definitely is some, yeah, go ahead. Can you just explain when people say, well, like, what is shared revenue? What sure. does that mean? Because I know a little bit, it's like yeah. funding, police, no. fire, libraries, yeah, right? Well, like, no, a little it, bit? Yeah, it, it really is just so, okay, I can go back all the way. So 1911, Wisconsin, <laughs> Well, Let's no, I mean, no, we, have to, we, we, have to, we have to go back to 1911 because that's when Wisconsin first instituted an income tax um, for uh, an individual income tax for the state. And the idea was to u- utilize that, that, um, those, the, that income to, to send back to municipalities or to send back to local government to take the shoulder of local government or take the burden of local government off the shoulders of property taxpayers. And so at that time, it was funding 90% of local government. Well, now it's funding less than 20%. And actually, the amount of funds coming from the state to local governments has remained stagnant at this point since 2005, and in fact has decreased. And so we, so we have that, uh, and as well as increasing costs, and then a limit on how much revenue that the our, for instance, the city of La Crosse can gain through property taxes. So this year, that was limited to less than one percent over last year, while our expenses are going up well more than one percent. And so we're sitting at, we're in a situation where we can't fund our government without dipping into one-time funds, which we happen to have because of the American Rescue Plan Act and then, you know, with some additional general fund, uh, general fund balance. But at some point, and this is, this is the same situation that every municipality in the state of Wisconsin is facing, and that's why there's so many referendums that 
that are uh, that are going on right now to fund basically emergency services like police and fire uh, because governments all across the state simply do not have the the ability to fund those necessary services and the state legislature which by the way at this year's end will be sitting on a six billion dollar surplus is not willing to change the the formula to send more revenue to municipalities they'd rather sit on it or whatever do something with it. I'm not sure what they're doing with it, but they're certainly not utilizing it to help fund uh, local government. So, and you know, and just in that that context, Wisconsin is in the in the nation. Wisconsin is 50th, 50th in terms of the amount of revenue that that or the amount of funding from state from state government to emergency services. 50th in the nation. That's how, so every other state funds uh, local emergency services like, at a higher level than the state of Wisconsin. What about like territories, Puerto Rico? <clears throat> we, any of those? Like, would we be 50? Would I, we be I, 50 what, would, I did say 50 states. I know, so, but like okay. we have some territories too. I'm just trying to get us not the bottom. Maybe sure. maybe we're ahead of Puerto Rico. No, we're down. We're at the bottom. We're, we're, at, the, we're at the very bottom of states. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really, that's essential. So that's a big deal in this election. And we don't know. And if Governor Evers does not become governor, does that mean that the Republican legislature is more willing to work with Governor Michaels if he becomes governor? Tim Michaels, if he, if he, become, if he becomes governor, are they willing to say, yeah, we don't need to get a win against the Democratic governor or we don't have to hammer down? Because the Republican legislators love to hammer against Madison and Milwaukee, right? Madison and Milwaukee are the big boogeymen. They're like, let's go after those two municipalities because they're, they're, because they're the, you know, they're the, liberal strongholds in the state of Wisconsin. So let's hammer on them constantly because they make a, they make a, a suitable or reasonable foil for Republican legislators. So will they have to do that if there's a Republican governor? And we really just don't know at this point. So there's a lot at stake here, and there's a lot at stake for continuing to provide uh, local services at the level that we do that includes fire and police and libraries and parks and all the other things. So there's some challenges here, and we're really watching this election closely, and really not really certain what that how that outcome is going to affect what we can do. It's weird. Republicans are running on defund the libraries. I don't know. I don't know why Democrats haven't taken up that strong. I don't that, think that, that they're doing phrase. that. I don't uh, think they're well, doing. Well, they're it. sitting on six billion dollars in, in yeah. budget surplus. They've been out of session since the middle, the early March. I, I don't know what. They, I mean, I know they're drawing a salary. Not sure what they're doing it for. And then Governor Evers has called at least one special session yeah. to talk about billions of dollars of budget surplus. He's actually had a couple of different proposals. Hey, how about this proposal? How about this proposal? I listened to a debate with Steve Doyle and Ryan Hipsch, and Steve Doyle said, if we're not going to do anything with the with the budget surplus, Steve Doyle, Assemblyman North of here, he goes, well, then let's meet tomorrow. Let's meet literally Wednesday. So after the election, when there's no politics to be played, we know that Governor Evers or Michaels will be the yeah, governor. and right. The state legislature will still be the same, essentially. Then let's distribute the budget surplus in, in a way that like will. Yeah, come I up love with that. Plan. Yeah, if we can do this extraordinary yeah. session is the term he used. Yeah, absolutely. If yeah, if we can do this in a lame duck. I, I'm more than happy to to embrace that to the extent that we can. I mean, it's it's pretty essential. And if we can't, it, you know, we're what we're at at right now is not sustainable, and we're looking at some significant cuts in the future. You know, and 37 percent of our our local budget is for police and fire. And um, so that is going to be the that just like this year was an area that we had to make some uh, some budget adjustments in. So, yeah, it's essential. I mean, that's not the only thing. Obviously, Election Day tomorrow, it's not the only thing we're looking at. We're certainly looking as a city. We're looking at the school referendum and that combination of schools and the impact that that's going to have on the city of La Crosse. At this point, I think I, I believe it will have some impact on 
I and again, we don't have a clear understanding of how moving a removing a high school from a from an entire side of the city and um, you know replacing that with a middle school. We're not entirely completely certain how that's going to impact our city. Our guess is that it will have an impact, a negative impact on property values. We do know that there's going to be some there's going to be some transportation challenges uh, if if there's a combined high school. There's going to be transportation challenges for students all over the school district just to get to a single concentrated high school in a place that frankly does not have is not terribly accessible at this point. Um, so those are there's going to be some challenges with if that if that referendum's passed. There's going to be some challenges for the city. I know that I've I've tasked my staff. We've got about. My understanding is if it passes, uh, we've got about five years before we have to make some significant changes with transit or transportation or anything like that. So I've had my staff working on that um, you know, as far back as April. So It's another one of the things where you're putting so much time and effort into hashing out a plan, yeah. and then the referendum gets voted down, and then you're like, Ugh. Well, maybe, because we're also planning for the re- referendum getting voted down. Uh, yeah. if, because the what we've been told by the school district that there's there's a school combination plan waiting in the wings no matter what. Right. And the question is when is that going to happen? Is it eight years from now? Is it ten years from now? We know we can't. You know we don't have the luxury of planning two years from now. From now. We have to we have to plan. You know our plans and I don't know how the school district went about planning the school. I think that it was you know back of the napkin stuff when over a year and a half. But when we do planning, we do planning for the long term. Right. We're thinking. 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead, 50 years ahead, 100 years ahead. What does that look like? Uh, and so that's how we're looking at what, whether this referendum is voted, um, is, is approved or denied by voters. Our staff is looking at how we can adjust services to address the issues that are going to invariably come up with transportation, with infrastructure, with all sorts of things. So it's, it's um, there. We're in. That's in the works. We're looking at that. We're trying to figure out uh, best moves forward. We want to make sure that no matter what happens, and no matter which way voters go, that we're serving the citizens of the city of Lacrosse to the be, but to the extent that we can. Now, last time you're in here, I floated you a plan. I don't know if you've brought it up. Maybe sure. a city council member will be listening and, and hear it. Uh, five years ago, we used the school to turn it into affordable housing. <laughs> the school district has too many buildings. Right. They want to get rid of a couple. Right. You just the the city council just voted, voted down a plan to yep. buy the Marine Credit Union building on Monitor Street. Right. Well, what what if we go to Engel and Dr. Aaron Engel at the, the superintendent at Lacrosse Schools and be like, hmm, you got a couple of buildings there. Can we get them for cheaper than two point two million? Oh yeah, and I think that you know, as like Roosevelt Elementary is example you were bringing up, and I think that this district wind up selling that for three hundred thousand or something like that. At you know, at some point. If if this, it's my understanding if this referendum is approved, or no matter what, when there's a combination of when 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 the high schools are combined, regardless of when that happens or how that happens, there's going to be movement from out of the three middle schools to two middle schools or something. So those are um, Lincoln would be a really good example of that Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln would be a really good example of a of a, of a building that would be, I, I think could could be utilized as some sort of housing solution, it takes a huge investment. I mean, it is a lot of money that you have to put into something like that. So hopefully there would be a way for a company to come in and, and find the financing to do that. But it's, it's definitely possible. And, and Dr. Engels talked about that, that these are the, you know, these are potential futures for some of these buildings is that we could, they could either go on the market, they could be used as housing and 
bring in developers and things like that. Right. I mean, part of that, though, I mean, the supply and demand will help rent kind of taper a little bit. Sure. But, housing costs but in general. Sure. Also, if you, you come in with an affordable housing plan and put some stipulations on the amount, because that's what that other school, is it Roosevelt? What's the school? Yep, the that, was a, that was an affordable housing. You know, yep, there, there's a rent cap there, right? Yep, essentially. Yep. So, yeah. And it, and it goes for 20 years. And then that's that's the limit to how long those caps can be in place. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's kind of clutch at this point. Right. We need we need some housing plans that have some rent caps, and then and, and maybe and, you... And, and, and frankly, and Rick, that's fine. I, I honestly, if we just have more housing, that's going to... I've said this over and over again. I mean, the market solution is add more housing, increase supply. If you increase supply, you decrease the demand for the, the units right. that you do have, which invariably will decrease the housing costs. I mean, it's simple ep- economics, and that will work. So I don't, honestly, if nobody builds any affordable housing, I'm going to be okay with that, as long as they're building housing. I'm, the Fifth Ward residences, the uh, uh, Stizo uh, development on the old train plant six site, that just, people just moved in November 1st. That is going to alleviate some of the pressure on the housing market. We get more of those, and at some point, housing becomes more accessible for everyone here in the city of La Crosse. Is there housing options at River Point? Oh, there will be, yeah, a lot of them, hundreds and hundreds of houses, uh, uh, homes. You know, and this is, again, this is one of those things where I look at the market solution. It is great. to Affordable housing is fantastic. Eventually, Fourth and Jackson will be an affordable housing area, but... What, what we're looking at, what I'm trying to facilitate, is development of all housing within the city of La Crosse. And so we're looking at, and I, we looked at all the different developments and all the things that we're working on. Uh, our staff is working on with developers. And eight, eight years, 10 years, something like that, we're looking at 1,500 units, additional units here in the city of La Crosse. That's a 7.5% increase over what we have now or when I started which means that a 7.5% increase over the number of housing units that we have now within the city of La Crosse. And, I, and I've said this before, that's the, that's the fastest increase in housing development in the city since the end of World War II. That is going to have an impact. That's going to not only decrease the pressure in the housing market, but it's going to do exactly what the school district wants to do. It's bringing more families into the city of La Crosse. That's, I mean, it's, it's the in, inevitable outcome of developing housing here in the city. Yeah, the key to the school district, too, is to bring in more students. It's going to happen. Um, I, building so a new I high look, school does that, too, yeah, you know? Well, it, it can, but, you know, I went to, uh, so I went to, uh, uh, this is a, a high school that's still in operation, by the way. So I went to a high school in South Louisiana. It opened, uh, I, was, I was the third graduating class out of this new high school. Uh, it, it opened, it was too, too small when it opened, so we had portable classrooms. It was like smaller than, than Logan, Logan High School. The high school is exactly the same as it was right now because I have, I have friends whose daughters go there. Yeah. It's exactly the same high school, right around 800 students, 700 students, something like that, whatever. And um, it is, it's not a fan, you know, it's not a, it doesn't, it's not fancy high school, but it's, there's people who go there. There's kids who go there. It's a, it's a high school that, that people go to because they live in the community. At the end of the day, people want to live in a community and they want to live in that community and then send their kids to schools in that community. That's yeah. why people, so I, it, whether that has an impact on the school referendum or not, I'm not sure, but I do think that regardless by adding housing units here in the city, there's going to be people who are going to want to live here and then, yeah, they're going to send their kids to whatever high school is here, frankly, because it's a good community. And, and you know, I live in a, in a colonial house that I don't need, and I'm going to move to someplace really a, a lot smaller. 
So that means that that colonial opens up for a family with three kids. You should have sold it a year ago. I know. I should have sold it nine months ago. <laughs> um, all right. I know you got to get going. Meeting, sure. meeting, meetings. Next month, we're going to talk about got? the privatization of the lacrosse center. I don't know if you could do that. In a yeah. Minute. Well, I tell you what. We're still looking at that. We're looking at um, that's a private contract evaluation that we're doing right now. We've still got proposals that we're trying to get in from a lot of interested vendors who would like to be the management company for the lacrosse center. It will still be owned uh, by the city of lacrosse, so there's no concern about that. Um, yeah, and we'll keep you updated. I mean, you'll know as soon as we know something. I will say, you know, we talked about River Point District. I know that that's, a, that's obviously a really big deal. I know it's something you had just brought up, and I just want to point out that there is actual construction going on at River Point District right now. So it's not just a, a hope and a dream. Like infrastructure stuff, Yeah, right? infrastructure, streets, and, and, um, and sanitary sewer and stormwater. All that's going in right now. So that's, we're definitely, we'll see buildings up next year. It'll be the one place in La Crosse that doesn't flood, maybe. No? Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. Not I got the only place. All right. I, I got a break. Thanks, See ya. Mitch. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Gonna wrap up here. Thanks again to Mayor Mitch Reynolds for dropping in. Forgot to take a picture again. I always do that. Get to talking and then I forgot. Hey, get a picture while he's sitting in here. I think we covered a lot and, and there was more to cover. I know Libertarian guys got some questions for me that, that just they deep dive into to finances and um, some of that, some of that takes a little bit more explanation than I have time for. Um, and, you know, like the homeless situation also just the deep dive into, and we want, we want the problem solved. And there's so many different factors, you know, from the people that are homeless to the people that are trying to help them and, and who, you know, how that's going. And it's, it's hard to talk about without, being invasive to people's privacy and then you know is there blame who's to blame nobody to blame society to blame the government to blame uh you know so it's just that one's tough i I didn't get enough on the lacrosse center we ran out of time but private management of the lacrosse center is, is an interesting thing as we you know art Faye ran this thing for for decades and now now we're thinking about private management so that's kind of interesting to me that we would just make that drastic change um but you know when, when talking to art a couple weeks ago the relationships that he had built through his job you know makes me wonder you know like is there is there somebody that steps in to do that like he did 